Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Today we are starting a new sermon series called God's Facebook. I wonder how many of you use Facebook? Can I just see? Who doesn't use Facebook? That's probably an easier way. Ah, oh, there's a few. <laughs> Facebook has become a phenomenon in the world. Over 1.7 billion people use Facebook every single day, and many people spend more than two hours a day on Facebook. Isn't that amazing? Uh, Facebook was started by a man called Mark Zuckerberg, who was at university, and there was just this kind of interaction at university between people and friends, and, and he decided to try and put it on a computer rather than just on message boards or social interaction. He made it just in his university for friends to link up with each other, and it just exploded all over the world. And I know that it can be used for bad, but it can also be used for good. I've met up with lots of my friends from many years ago who I'd lost touch with through Facebook. When you open Facebook, a little thing comes up that says people you may know or people you may be friends with, and you look through their profile pictures, and you have a look at what they look like. If a person's not very good at Facebook, they don't put a photo of themselves up, and there's just an outline of a, of a human head on there. It could be anyone. And sometimes people are very private. And so even their username is not their proper name, and there's a little outline of a figure, and you're not sure if it's them. You think it might be them. You try to see who they're friends with to see if they're friends with the same people you are, and sometimes they make that private, so you can't really tell. And then you look at their photos, and there's only one photo, and it's very unclear. And so you send them a little... There used to be a thing on Facebook where you could poke people. But they've done away with that now, I think. But So you send them either a message, a private message, or a friend request, or you can just, uh, I don't know, if you send them a message and you're not friends with them, there's a good chance they won't even get your message because there's like a private little message box that it goes into which they don't see. Anyway, if they, if they do respond, then they become your friend and you have a list of people who are your friends or your contacts on Facebook. I know for some of you, I'm explaining something that you just are so familiar with. But for others, this idea of Facebook, it's basically a, a computer wall. It's called a wall where you post your updates. So it says, uh, what are you feeling or what's on your mind today? And you can post a little update, say, I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling happy, I'm feeling angry, or you can put a photo or whatever it is. And then on your feed, it tells you what all your friends are saying on their, on their Facebook walls, and you keep in touch with people. Now, why am I talking about this in church? Because the Bible talks about God's face a lot. The Bible talks about God's book a lot. The Bible talks about God being friends with us a lot. And I believe there is, whenever the world catches on to something that becomes so popular, like Facebook, it's because there is a deep God-given need within humans that somebody in the world has just hooked onto. And this God-given need is for us to connect with people and to be in touch more often with people all around the world. We want to be in community and we want to be friends with people. We want to share ourselves and we want to understand what's going on in other people's lives. And Mark Zuckerberg tapped into something that God was all about. Friendship, connecting, getting close to one another and getting close to God. 
and I'm going to show you some verses in the Bible. So the first verse is Exodus 33, verse 11. It says, So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. I want to just give you a little bit of the context behind this. Moses was God's friend. Moses was the one who God chose and he said, you're going to help me lead my people out of captivity in Egypt and into the promised land and teach them about me and, and lead them on. And so Moses was close to God, but the people that he was leading, this Facebook group called Israel, were a bit of a problem. They didn't obey the rules that good Facebook users are supposed to obey. And so God said, I'm going to give you the Ten Commandments. And while Moses was logged into Facebook with God on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments, the people who were supposed to be in the group, who were supposed to be friends of God, were making an idol. They were on Twitter. They were on an, another thing. And God was very angry. And Moses was very angry. He came down with these Ten Commandments. You know, God has revealed something so precious to the people. And the people have taken all their jewelry, gold and silver. They've melted it. They've made the, a, an image, a statue of a, of a calf, a baby bull. And they're worshipping it and dancing around to it and worshipping it right in the presence of the mountain where God is giving them the Ten Commandments. And Moses throws down the Ten Commandments. They shatter on the ground. And then... He says, and God says, I'm not going to go with these people anymore. I'm not going to be part of this Facebook group. I'm, I'm unfriending them. And Moses says, please, please stay with us. Please don't leave. If you don't stay with us, we are lost. And so God relents and he says, okay, I will go with you. And God gives him a second set of Ten Commandments. Um, he, he writes them on stone again. And that's what this whole story is about in Exodus 33. So verse 11 says, So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Verse 15, uh, Moses said to God, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. And just a, a little aside here. Whenever you see the word presence in the Bible, it's actually the same word as face. So a couple of verses later, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses face to face. Verse 15, then he said to him, if your presence, if your face does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? And so verse 17, the Lord said, I will do this thing you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. So because Moses was God's friend, he could convince God to relent. And God said, okay, I'll forgive these people, and I'll go with you. And then in verse 18, Moses says, Please show me your glory. So although he's already friends with God, Moses says, God, I want to see more of you. It's like he's saying, I've seen a bit of your profile picture, and I know a few of your likes and your interests, and I've seen your news page feed on Facebook, but I want to meet you. I really want to know you. I, want to, I don't want it to be just through a computer screen anymore. And in verse 19, God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim my name before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But then in verse 20, but then God said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. 
Now, many people are confused by this story because in verse 11, it says, Moses spoke to God face to face. A couple of verses later, God says, my face will go with you. My presence will go with you. And then in verse 20, he says, but no one can see my face and live. What's going on with this? And you know, the whole idea of Facebook for me explains this passage really well. You can be friends with a person, but only have limited knowledge of that person. So you can say, I'm friends on Facebook with Barack Obama. I mean, it's possible. You can do that. You can be friends with Mark Zuckerberg, the guy who made up Facebook. He's got 77 million friends on Facebook. You can be friends with him, but you don't know him. Moses talked to God face to face. He knew God quite intimately, more intimately than the Israelites did. The group called Israel only knew, kind of, they had his name, they had his name as the banner of their group. We are God's people. They had his face with them. Maybe they had a picture of an outline of God on their Facebook page. Moses knew God better, but then Moses wanted to know God very intimately, and God said, you can't see my full face and live. Because there was still sin. You know, the, the whole reason Jesus died was to make a way for us to come back to God. And Jesus hadn't died yet, and so it was impossible for Moses to see God fully. Because when God reveals himself in his, all his glory, everything that is sinful dies. And Moses would have died. And so God says, I have to just show you a little part of myself. I have to show you just some of my interests, some of my photos, some of my Facebook feed, and a bit of an outline of my, of my face. Let me just read on because it's a fascinating story. So Moses says to God, show me your glory. And God interprets that to mean, show me your face. And God answers and says, I will make my goodness pass before you. I will proclaim the name of the Lord God before you. And then he says, I'm going to hide you in a place of the rock. Uh, verse 21, the Lord said, here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock, and so it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back but my face shall not be seen. In the Old Testament, God revealed himself. He told them his name. And later it tells us what his name is. Listen to this in the next chapter, verse 5. It says, Then the Lord descended in the cloud, stood with him there, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God. And whenever it's in capitals in the Bible, the Lord, L-O-R-D in capitals, it's actually the word Yahweh or Jehovah. It's four letters, Y-H-W-H in Hebrew, and um, they translate it the Lord, but it's God's name, Yahweh. Do you remember earlier on in Exodus when Moses said, Lord, what's your name? Who shall I say is sending me? He says, I am that I am. That's that name, Yahweh. It means I am who I am. And then often it gets joined to other things. So God says, I am provider. I am healer. I am your salvation, your righteousness, all these different things. But God now proclaims his name. So 
Moses is saying, Lord, I want to see more of your face. And the first thing God does is he says his name. He says, the Lord, the Lord, Yahweh, Yahweh, I am what I am, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth. Can you imagine? It's, it's almost like Moses is logged into God's Facebook page and suddenly there's a whole lot more detail than there was before. He can see more of God's interests and, and his likes. And there's a little about section on Facebook where you click on about and it tells you about that person. And then there's another little tab where it says learn more about the person. And you click on that and it takes you to another page. And you see more about them, like their family members and their birthday and all that kind of stuff. God is saying, I'm showing you more, Moses. You, you're being exposed to more of who I am. Yahweh, Yahweh. I am what I am. Um, merciful, gracious long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, some versions say thousands of generations, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. So Moses has suddenly just had an insight into God, his name, his username has been expanded and he says, wow, I've seen more of God. And God says, you'll see all my goodness, you'll sense my goodness. God says, there's a place here in the rock where there's a, like a cleft, like a, a gouge out of the rock and I'll put you in there and I'll put my hand over you and as I pass by, you'll see the shape, the outline of who I am, but you can't see the real me because Jesus hasn't died yet and it would kill you. Can you see how there's levels of seeing God's face? It's really amazing. It's really beautiful. And you know that cleft in the rock? It, it's not 100% clear, but I believe it's where God had gouged out the rocks to make the Ten Commandments. Because he's on Mount Sinai, it says that God took rocks and he wrote the Ten Commandments, and there was a gouge in the rock. And I think God said to Moses, when you hide in the law, my laws from the Old Testament, you'll get an image of who I am, but it'll be an outline. It'll be a shadow. It'll be a vague picture, and my hand will be with you, and you'll have a sense of my presence. You'll know my name. You'll know my goodness. You'll know a lot about me, but you can't know the fullness of who I am, because I will kill anything that's not good. And it's just God's goodness is so powerful that anything that's not good just dies in his presence. Isn't that an amazing story? But that's not the end of the story. Because Jesus came. And the Bible says this about Jesus. Jesus is the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person. So throughout the whole of the Old Testament, the only thing people could see of God's face was a vague outline, a bit of his name, a bit of his interests and his likes, his character. They could get a sense of who he was, but suddenly Jesus came and we got a picture. The express image, the profile picture of God is Jesus. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. John says in John 1 verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only full of grace and truth. We've seen his face. 
Isn't that amazing? But even then, Jesus was hiding his real glory in a fleshly body. And so many people didn't even realize it was God. He went about doing good, healing, loving, teaching, showing the power of God, so people could get a sense there was something here. But even then, Jesus could be mistaken for just a normal everyday person. But then one day, in Matthew 17, he takes Peter, James, and John up on a mountain, and he prays to God, and the Bible says he was transfigured. Chapter 17, verse 2 of Matthew, it says, He was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as the light. Jesus' face, the real face of God started to shine through, and they still didn't get a full picture, but they started to get a sense there is something real here. And then Jesus died on the cross, and I'm going to close with some amazing truths. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6, should go up on the screen. It says, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, who has shone in our hearts, that's your heart and my heart, God, just like God shone in the darkness at the beginning when he made the sun and the moon and the stars, when he said, let there be light, it says he's done the same in your heart. He made a, a creation of light at the beginning. He's made a new creation in your heart. He's shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Just look at that verse for a few moments. Remember Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. And God said, I'll show you as much of my glory as you can handle, but you can't see my face. This verse says, because of Jesus dying on the cross for us, if we ask him into our hearts, just like God created light at the beginning, he creates in your heart the glory of God, the knowledge of the glory of God, in that shining face of Jesus that Peter and James and John saw on the mountain, that's inside of us, the face the real intimacy with God is in us. Something that Moses never had, could never have. Moses tried his best, but the Bible says even the least of us in the New Testament have so much more than anyone in the Old Testament had. We have this intimacy with God. Just like you and I, if you use Facebook, we log in every day. We want to know what's going on. What's our friend doing? What did Sonso have for breakfast this morning? Let's see a photo of their latest puppy or whatever it is. And we keep up to date and we say, this is what's happening in my life. I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling down. It says that you and I don't need to log in. It's in us, that presence of God, that face of God, that intimacy with God. Loving, merciful, compassionate, gracious, powerful the glory of God that, that would have killed Moses, it now doesn't kill us because Jesus died for our sins and it's inside of us, that power of God. Available any minute of any day. Just like I can pick up my phone if I've got access to the internet, see all my friends. I can do that with God at any moment. And now there's one more verse that I need to show you. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. It says, But we all... That's us. We all, with unveiled faces, and I don't have time to explain that right now, but just to say that Moses put a veil over his face 
after he'd been in God's presence, when he came back to the people, his face was shining. You know, when you look at God's Facebook, your face starts to look like his face. That's what this says. When Moses was in God's presence, his face started to shine like God's. And so he put a veil, and the, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 3, that he put a veil because the, the shininess was fading away. This is so funny. It's just like the filters we put on our profile pictures on Facebook. When our faces are getting more and less shiny and more wrinkly, we put filters on our Facebook profile pictures so that people don't see who we really like. In the Old Testament, when you're dealing with the law and you don't have the life of God in you, the best you can do through your self-effort, you have a bit of the glory of God, but it always fades away because it depends on your self-effort. But we, with unveiled faces, we don't need to put any filters on anymore because we've got the glory of God within us. It doesn't depend on how good I am or my own self-effort. It's God in me, His power in me, making my face shine like Jesus's. It says, but we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into that same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Friend, I want to close. Oh, I've only done 21 minutes. Great. I've still got nine minutes to go. Awesome. Every time you and I log in to that connection with God's face, when we look at His glory, this says, as we behold His glory as in a mirror, we are changed into that glory from glory to glory to glory. What happens is Moses says, God, I want to see your glory. God says, you're still fleshly. You can't because you'll die. But I'll show you a little bit of me. In the New Testament, it says we don't have to worry about that. Jesus has paid the price. We can look at God's glory. And you know what happens? A couple of things happen. I was praying this morning, and I felt like the Lord said to me, when you come into my presence, when you haven't been talking to me for a while, imagine walking into the throne room, and I know this sounds a bit weird, but I just had a picture of, you know when you see a relative? When I was a little kid, I remember walking in and seeing a relative who we hadn't seen for a while, and they would grab me by the shoulders and they would say, let me look at you. And they'd look, my, how you've grown. Don't they always say that? Wow. And I felt like God was saying, when you come into my presence, Christian, when you come into God's presence, he grabs you, he says, let me look at you. And he looks at me. You know, Psalm 139 at the end, it says, Lord, search me and know me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I come before God and I say, God, look at me. And he looks and he sees my scuff marks and dirty sins in my life. He sees where I've been wounded and hurt by the problems in the world around me, and I've got a few cuts and bruises, and he sees where I'm damaged on the inside, and he heals me, but then he says, now my child, look at me. And as I look at God's glory, his face, the Lord, the Lord, gracious, merciful, compassionate, showing mercy to thousands, forgiving iniquities and sins, full of love and compassion. As I look at that God and I see His face, 
You say to me, well, how do you see his face? Well, the Bible, James 1 verse 23, says this Bible is a mirror. If I look in the Bible, I see Jesus. Why is it a mirror? Because his, his face is in me. As I see him in the Bible, I say, he says, that's in you. I see God. He says, yes, you're like me. And I get changed and I become more and more like him. And the more time I spend on God's Facebook, the more my profile picture changes, the more the description of who I am changes, the more I become like Jesus. He heals my wounds. He forgives my sins. He changes my character. As I spend hours, two hours a day on Facebook, if I spent two hours a day gazing at the glory and the face of the Lord, I promise you I would be, I would be transformed. And it's not just the Bible, it's worship as well. You know, when we worship God, when we, we just spend time just adoring Him and loving Him and telling Him how great He is, I'm looking at His face in glory, just like Moses worshipped the Lord. I'm, I'm worshipping Him and the Bible says, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. As I see him as he is, as I worship him, it changes me. I cannot worship God without becoming like him. And whatever's not of him gets killed. You cannot see my face and live. Whatever's fleshly in my life starts to die away. So, to summarize, let me just leave the Facebook theme to one side for now. Many people know that they want to be like God, but they are still trying to do it in the Old Testament way of saying, let me obey a whole lot of rules and laws. Let me look at the rules of how God is and let me try in my self-effort to be like God. God says, just look at who I am, the wonder and the glory of who I am. And because I'm in you, you will automatically change. You will become like me. It will happen imperceptibly over time. You will become more and more and more like Jesus. I'm going to ask us to stand, please, and we're going to worship the Lord together. But before we do that, we're just going to become friends on Facebook with God. So if we can stand, maybe the worship team can just come up. Let's imagine ourselves a bit like Moses. We're standing in front of God. Maybe you know God to a degree. Maybe you know His name. Maybe you know a little bit about His character. Maybe, maybe you're friends with Him. Maybe you have made a commitment to Him and you've given Him your life. I want to challenge you today. There's more. There's more. Amen. We can get closer and closer and closer. And maybe you've been one of those people who's been trying to get better and, and be more like God through your own self-effort. And actually you've seen today, I just need to look in the mirror. I need to look at His glory and I'll be changed. I'm going to ask you today, just in your own heart, to say, God, as much time as I spend on Facebook a day, I want to spend connecting with you every day. Lord God, as much time as I spend trying to find the status of everyone else, Lord, I want to look in your book and see what I'm really like and be changed into your image through worship, through adoration, through studying your word. So let's pray together. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord God, for your mercy. Thank you for your name. Thank you that you are gracious, compassionate, forgiving, giving of mercy. 
And Lord, thank you that you so long to be our friend, that you so long to spend time with us. Lord God, I pray for myself right now. God, I want to be more of your friend. Lord, I want to see more of your glory. God, I want to be changed into the image of your glory day by day by day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.